0: Everyone gets nervous in sports. It's one of the biggest destroyers of athletic performance. We're going to teach you how to overcome nerves with five simple steps. Welcome back to Mindset Monday. I'm Gene Zanetti, your coast-to-coast mindset coach from Winning Mindset, bringing you great sports-specific, systematic mindset training systems. All across the country okay so our five steps today to overcome nerves again we know nervousness is one of the key destroyers of performance and all athletes get nervous before they go out there and compete now being nervous in and of itself is not a bad thing okay just because you're feeling a little bit nervous that's not a bad thing I've heard it many times many said many I've heard many times it being said it doesn't matter if you have butterflies in your stomach just make sure they're all flying in formation so make sure they're flying together it's okay to get nervous to a certain point, but the more nervous we get after a certain point, our, our performance starts to drop. So it's like an upside-down you. A little bit of nervous, we get better and better and better, and then we hit a certain point. Once we reach the optimal, we get more nervous, our, our performance starts dropping. So here's five simple steps we could use for our, for our mindset. Number one, process over outcome. Process over outcome, meaning focus on the things you could control don't focus on the things you can't control. And even focusing on winning and losing is not in your control. So you don't want to think about winning. You don't want to think about not losing. You don't want to be thinking about stats when you're out there. You don't want to think about who's at the competition. You don't want to think about who you who you want to let down da- or who you're afraid of letting down. You don't want to think about looking good in front of your friends. You don't want to think about impressing the pretty girl in the stands or whoever's there. You want to be focused on factors within your control. And this is the entire reason we came up with the predator versus prey mindset. The predator mindset, eyes on the front like to hunt, mean we're fo- means we're focusing on things within our control. Effort, attitude, and aggressiveness. Prey mindset, eyes on the side like to hide. Then we're f- that's the wrong mentality. That's being focused on the outcome. That means comparing ourselves to other people. Not wanting to look bad or thinking about looking good in front of other people. Thinking about records, rankings, seedings, and predictions. That prey mindset is one of the biggest ways to destroy a performance and send your nervousness right through the roof. Okay, so if you want to overcome nerves, focus on what you can control. Don't focus on what you can't control. And we came up with that analogy because every coach under the sun is saying that. Focus on the process. Don't focus on the outcome. But how do you get that message to stick with the kid? And we learned that predator prey mindset works great all ages from youth to youth right through professional athletes. Number two way to overcome nerves is develop a solid, consistent, and very specific pre-competition routine. You need a pre-competition routine. Now, that's very different than your warm-up. Your warm-up is what you're doing about an hour before a competition, half hour, an hour before a competition. Your pre-competition routine is your exact thoughts, emotions, and behaviors within 10 minutes of when you step out there to compete. Okay, so between 10 and 20 minutes, right before you step out there to compete. So warm-up is more about getting your body ready. It is getting your mind ready, but it's more about getting your body ready. The pre-competition routine, your body's warm from the warm-up. Now it's more about the mind. We're not neglecting the body because they work together, but we're focused more on the mind in this case. So every great athlete talks about one key word, and it's consistency. And you can't even focus on consistent performance, right? We we all perform well sometimes, and we don't perform well other times. That's inconsistent, right? Well, the top athletes, they are consistent. But you can't talk about having a consistent performance if you don't first talk about having consistent thoughts, consistent emotions, and consistent behaviors. You need consistent thoughts, emotions, and behaviors, and that's going to give you a consistent performance. So we've learned that athletes are the most nervous right before they step out there to compete. Right before, and that's your pre-competition routine. That's the perfect time for your pre-competition routine. Now, we're not going to hit on all these in depth, but I will give you a little taste of each one of these. That's why it's so important. Make sure as an individual or a team, you are doing our mindset program, our systematic mindset program with one of our mindset coaches. Because we're going to break it down for you nice and easily. And very simple, concrete steps and cover this in much greater depth. But I'll give you some of it right now. For the sake of time, we're not going to go into all of it. So a pre-competition routine, you need four key components. There are four key components to a great pre-competition routine. And they are pre uh, deep breathing, uh, dynamic stretching, an element of fun, and sports-specific drills. You need all four of those to have a great pre-competition routine. So I'll go through them, and I'm probably not in the same order I just said them. So first, dynamic stretching. There's a difference between static stretching and dynamic stretching. It's not that one's good and one's bad, it's they're each meant for different times. So dynamic means movement, okay? You need movement stretches. That's gotta be before a competition, before you lift weights, before a practice, before a competition, you wanna be doing dynamic stretching. Okay, so if I was going to stretch my arms out, this would be a dynamic stretch, rolling them out or bringing them across my body in a slow controlled movement. That's a dynamic stretch. If I was doing this, that's a static stretch. This is a static stretch. So you do dynamic stretching before a competition, you do static stretching for flexibility afterwards. Studies show that if you do static stretching before a competition, you're going to be 15% weaker. And it actually shuts down your neuromuscular system. A better way to say this is dynamic stretching wakes up your, your, um, your neuromuscular system. So make sure you're doing dynamic stretching. Now the key point there is have the same order of stretches because while you're going through that same order of stretches every time and it's not to be in a superstitious way, while you're going through that same order of stretches you're not focused on who's in the stands. You're not focused on who you're competing against. You're not thinking about winning and losing. You're moving from stretch to stretch to stretch in an organized manner. Dynamic stretches. So it's waking our body up, it's getting our minds off the competition, and back on focusing on the present moment. And that's where you want to be. You want to be in the present moment. You don't want to be thinking about the future. You don't want to be thinking about the past. Remember, the future is the past is history. The future is a mystery. Only the present is a gift. If you want to be competing at your best, and if you want to overcome nerves, you can't be thinking about the future or the past. That's future is anxiety. Past is depression. Present is the moment of power. Okay? So Make the sequence very memorable that you're doing these stretches. Start from the top of your head down to the tips of your toes. Start with your neck, then your, your shoulders, your arms, work your way down. So write out the, the um, stretches you're going to do in sequence. That's number one. Number two is deep breathing. Before you're going out there, I'd say before, about five minutes before you go out there, you want to be taking at least at least a minute worth of deep breaths in through your nose, out through your mouth. And during that time, you want to have a relaxation image. Something that's going to keep you relaxed and calm. Think about Happy Gilmore where he says, go to your happy place. you got to have a very quick uh, mental image of what that happy place looks like. So make sure you're, make sure you're going there taking those deep breaths. And the reason why you take those deep breaths is because it's the simplest way to take control of your body. You might have racing thoughts. Your body's getting the jitters. Your palms are sweaty. You feel your heart pounding. Okay, how do I get control of my body? And we know from history and from research, and from uh, we've seen this uh, with Navy SEALs, Green Berets, Olympic athletes, taking control of our breath helps calm the rest of our body down. So once I take these deep breaths in through my nose, out through my mouth, all done in my diaphragm, my stomach should be moving when I'm taking those breaths. My shoulders should not be going up and down. That's not effective breathing. So that is going to calm us down. Studies show that after you take those deep breaths for a little while— you don't have racing thoughts um, your hands all of a sudden instead of being ice cold and sweaty and clammy they start warming up our body starts relaxing it overcomes nerves and even during competition you want to be taking little deep breaths anytime there's a break in the action to recenter yourself to keep yourself calm so you're not racing thoughts jittery um, real spastic movements take those deep breaths get in the habit of taking at least a minute of deep breaths before your competition and during competition, take at least one deep breath anytime there's a break in the action. Number three is some kind of element of fun. So something you're doing there that makes you smile, laugh, and not take yourself so serious. I cannot stress this one enough. We tell our athletes this all the time. The most successful athletes, before they compete, they do something maybe to make themselves laugh. They joke around to not, it's it's a strategic, it's planned, it's pre-planned. It's not something they're coming up with on the spot. They have something that they're going to do to relax, to keep themselves calm, to smile, to not take themselves so serious. Before we go into a pressure situation, a pressure situation, right, because it is only sports, but we've been training a long time for it, so we, we make it into this big pressure situation. Well, what do we start doing? We start taking ourselves way too serious. We stop joking around. We get, we get out of this, we, we, we get this like tunnel vision where we can't joke around, we can't laugh, And usually that's a big red flag. We usually end up doing worse when we have that mentality. So we need to compensate in the other direction with an element of fun. So what's something you could do before you go out there to compete to remind yourself to laugh, smile, and to have a good time? Okay, so it's got to be pre-planned. You got to know what it is. I don't care if you want to juggle before you go out there. Again, this has got to be within the team. Okay, so you can't just do something like... If you're a football player, you can't be on the sidelines juggling, right? Or, you know, that's probably against team policy. But you got to do what works for your individual sport that allows you to relax, to have fun, to joke around. There's a big difference between joking around and screwing around. Screwing around is slapstick and it's unplanned. When we're saying joking around, it's very strategic. You need to have an element of fun. So maybe it's when you're warming up, you're not listening to this this crazy hard rock, rap music. Maybe you're listening to something that makes you smile and laugh. Maybe you're listening to disco. Maybe you're listening to Alvin and the Chipmunks. You make yourself, keep yourself calm. So you have to have some element of fun when you're out there. And number four, for a pre-competition routine, you need to be doing sport specific drills. In other words, you need to get your body ready to do exactly what you're about to do in competition. So in the sport of wrestling, normally before you go live, before you start competing in practice, you're usually drilling, you're practicing your technique, and then you go live, right? Well, before an actual match, a lot of times what happens is we're standing around for a while, no human contact, and then you have to go out there and compete. That's totally different than practice. So you want to be doing some kind of sports-specific drill on the sidelines to prepare yourself, so when you step out there it's not like, oh, I'm just doing this drill for the first time since my warm-up. No, it's fresh in your mind. Your your body is ready, it's warm to perform the tasks that it's about to perform. So some kind of sports-specific drills right before you go out there to compete. Look at a baseball player in the batter's box. What are they doing? They're taking practice swings sport specific drills, right? A wrestler who would be practicing with someone else, getting hands put on them, that's a sport specific drill. A kicker before um, kicking a field goal, they're practicing their field goal kicks on the sideline. sport specific drills you should be doing right before you go out there. So when you step out on the field, it's just a continuation of what you've already been doing. And that otherwise what happens, if it's not a continuation, there's a big break in the action between practicing and competing Now we're going to get more nervous. You don't want there to be that break in the action. The break in the action makes you think. It's got to be a continuation of that drill once you step out there in the field. Um, Number three. Okay, so now we're on number three. uh, The third tip for overcoming nerves. uh, Perspective through principles. Perspective through principles. What does that mean? That means you want to keep perspective. It's just a sport. It's just recreation. And I get it. It might be recreation that we've given a lot of our life to. And of course you want to succeed, and of course you want to do well. But you have to keep perspective. The best athletes do a great job of keeping perspective when they're out there competing. How do they do that? They know who they are. They know what they believe. I often say, look to the greatest warriors of all time. The Spartans, the Samurai, the Aztecs, the Navy SEALs, the Green Berets, the U.S. military, the Apache. What do they have in common? Two things. They know what they believe, and they're willing to die for it. So they're they're able to overcome that fear of death. Not that they're not afraid of death, but they're, but they're able to they're able to fight through that. And why? Why? How? Are, or maybe how? How are they able to proceed through that fear of death that could happen and could very likely happen in military? Well, go back to the first thing. They know what they believe. They know their principles. They're rock solid in their foundation. And that's what you need to be. If you want to be successful in sports and not as nervous and overcome fear, overcome nervousness, you have to know who you are. You need to know what you believe. You have to have a solid foundation. That's exactly what our four mindset principles are about. We've said this many times before and after every one of our mindset workshops that we do with our teams. We go through the four mindset principles. Every time we stand up as a group and we say it out loud. And then we recommend the captains of the teams to make sure before and after every team workout, whether it be a lift or whether it be a practice, the team stands up on their feet. It only takes about 20 seconds. Stand up on your feet and out loud as a group, building that culture, going through our foundation, our four mindset principles. And they are, one, I am thankful for the opportunity to compete. You have to be thankful. An attitude of gratitude. Listen to interviews after the Super Bowl, the World Series, the Stanley Cup, the Olympics. What do usually the top athletes say? I was just thankful for the opportunity. I was thankful for the opportunity to compete. And what does that have to do with nervousness? If you're thankful, if you have an attitude of gratitude, you're not going to be as scared. You're not going to be as nervous. You're thankful. You're happy to be in that position. How many times do athletes say, and I know this was true for me back when I was competing, how many times did I compete thinking, I can't wait to get this over with. I just want to... I remember in the movie Prefontaine where he said, I just want to run my race and get it over with. Well, how are you going to be able to compete against... Now, he's got a great mindset. In there, he had a great mindset and everything, but in that situation, that was a mistake he made before the 72 Olympics. I just want to run my race and get it over with. How are you going to compete with someone who has the attitude, I live for this. I love competing. I want to be here. I'm thankful to have this moment. It's going to be very hard. They're at the very least, that one athlete is going to be a lot less nervous than the athlete who's just trying to get it over with. Think about times you're taking a test maybe in school. I just want to get this test over with. As opposed to a test that you knew you were prepared for, you were ready for it. You were thankful for the opportunity to take that test. Okay, so thankfulness is is, is in many ways the opposite of nerves, an attitude of gratitude. Be thankful. You go to any local hospital, any local nursing home, and you can see there's people that can't move and think the way you can. It's a blessing. So never forget that. Be thankful for the opportunity to compete. Number two, I'm aggressive and relentless. That means you're going after it. You're playing to win. You're not playing scared to lose. Now, you know, we're not saying to focus on winning. We're not saying to focus on winning, but we're saying go for it. Take chances. And we say chances, calculated risks, being intelligently aggressive, but getting after it. Error on the side of being gutsy. If you're on the fence, should I go for it? Should I not go for it? Be the person who goes for it. Okay. Even if you made a mistake, even if it didn't work out, you're going to learn more from that attitude. You're going to wind up beating the better opponents by going for it rather than holding back. Nine times out of ten. There are some situations where if you held back, you might have won. But to beat the better opponent, you're going to have to go after it. My thought is always, err on the side of gutsy. Go for it. If you're on the fence, I don't know if I should take action or not. Go for it. Take ch- take chances. Again, it's sports. Okay. You might as well, you might as well play to win. Number two is I'm aggressive and relentless. Number three, I have no fear of losing or making mistakes. Now, I recognize that's a negative command. Normally, we want to frame things in a positive way. We don't want to frame things in a negative way. But we intentionally frame these last two in a negative way because I want to speak straight to the issue at hand. Most people are afraid of losing and they're afraid of making mistakes. We're afraid of looking bad in front of other people. Like, let's be honest, let's put all the cards on the table. Why do we get nervous? Because we're afraid of losing afraid of making mistakes. Some combination of these, or at least one of these, or probably some combination, maybe all of them. I don't want to look bad in front of other people. I don't want to get made fun of. I don't want to lose um, respect in other people's minds. I don't want to lose self-respect. If I lose to this person or to this team, I'm going to lose some self-respect. I'm going to think that I'm no good. Um, what does it mean about me as a person if I try my best and I don't win? Right? Right? We're afraid of losing. We're afraid of making mistakes. We're afraid of being bar- embarrassed. We're afraid of getting laughed at. We don't want to be made fun of. We have to get over that. So we speak to that directly and we say every single time, I have no fear of losing or making mistakes. And the same thing goes with number four. And mindset principle number four is I never, ever give up. Now, again, that's not framed in a positive way, that's framed in a negative way. But we do that strategically because when you're in those moments where you feel like quitting, I want to speak straight to the issue at hand. I want it to be just like we have muscle memory. You need to have mental memory, which right? So mental memory where you say, in that moment, I have no fear of losing or making mistakes. Oh, I, I never, ever give up. So you know, you just don't quit. It's not okay to quit. You got to keep getting after. You got to keep going strong. And that goes whether you're losing, right? You're getting beat real bad. You never give up. It also goes when you're winning, right? You could, you could be winning and give up. Right? You let your foot off the gas, and then a lot of times your opponent starts coming back, the other team starts coming back, or your opponent starts coming back, because we let off the gas. You have to stay tough, you have to be aggressive the whole time, so there could be no quit on you. You keep scoring and scoring, right? So our third, our, as we said here, number three was perspective through principles. The way you gain perspective is by knowing your principles, and we have those that we do as a team. Make sure your team is doing it also. Tip number four to overcome nerves. Always important, never special. Always important, never special. What does that mean? Every competition is important, every practice is important, every time you train, it's important. But it's never special. Again, I'm using extreme words there. Normally I don't like using the words always or never because it's it's too it's too broad, right? It's too global. Unless we're talking about matters of faith and morals, we're not really dealing with extremes of always and never. But I'm saying this as hyperbole to make a point. Always important, never special. Nine times out of ten, if you make a competition special, you're going to be more nervous and you're going to do worse. We've talked to tens and thousands of our athletes, not just me, but our mindset coaches across the country working with athletes all over the world. And we see it, the same thing. Nine times out of ten, if you make a competition special... You're going to get more nervous, and you're going to do worse. Okay? Same thing goes with the test. If you're making a test special, like let's say the SATs or ACTs, because you know it has implications, we tend to get more nervous, and we tend to do worse. Job interview, same thing. Asking someone out on a date, same thing. Okay? The more that we make something special, the more likely we are to get nervous, and then we're going to do worse, our outcome. So, if you listen to interviews of high-level athletes, how do they overcome this? Well... They keep everything important, but they don't make it special. They say, I was just doing what I always do. It was another day in the office. I was just being me. I was just competing the way I normally do. They were treating it the same. Now, when we say treating it the same, they, they take practices very seriously. They take practices just as seriously as they do competition. It's important to them they don't make it special. Now I get it. I know there's a difference between practice and competition. I know in practice you're going to be trying more things. You're going to be more like overly aggressive and that kind of thing. So I get it. That there is a difference between practice and a competition. But overall, we don't want to make our mindset much different. We want to treat it the same. So get in the habit of that. Everything's important, but nothing special. And finally, number five, the fifth tip for overcoming nerves is... You got to be having you got to be doing the daily plan of life. We one of the worksheets that we have, I think it's the second worksheet we have in our entire mindset program, we have a mindset plan of life. Every single day you need to be working on your mindset. Mindset is not something like, oh, we come in once, we speak with your team, and now you're ready to go and we'll see you again next year. Wrong. And that's how a lot of teams tr- uh, treat their mental training, their sports psychology. They might have a mental coach come in and speak once, twice, just not very frequently. They'll come in once or twice and say, okay, the team's good for a while, right? No, that's not how it works. We don't treat our strength training like that. We got to be weightlifting all year round. We don't treat our technique like that. We got to be doing our skills and drills all year round. You don't, you know, you don't treat brushing your, brushing your teeth or, or, um, taking a shower like that. You do it every day, sometimes multiple times a day, brushing your teeth and washing your face and taking a shower, right? It's the same thing with your mindset. Your mindset has to be something you're working on on a regular basis, not not damage control, not after it's a problem. How many times have I seen coaches say, oh, we're gonna, we're gonna send you to a mental coach because you're having a problem. Wrong, it's gotta be proactive. You don't send the kid into the weight room after they've gotten overpowered. You send them in the weight room before they get overpowered so they don't get overpowered, so they do the overpowering. Right? So there's got to be a daily commitment to mental training. But what does that even look like? And that's exactly what we put together with Winning Mindset. We have a daily plan of life that has four key components that making sure you're doing this on a daily basis to make sure you're going to get yourself in your optimal mindset all the time. Success is a habit. So is failure. Forget who said that. Was it um, John Wooden or Vince Lombardi? All coaches say it. Success is a habit. Right? Success is a habit. Failure is a habit too. So it's, are we living at a high level? Are we working on our mindset on a regular basis? You see how it is with strength training. If you don't lift weights for about a week, after about a week and a half, definitely two weeks, you start to see declines in your strength. You start to see yourself, you're more sore than you were before. And also there's actually declines in your strength after just a week and a half of not lifting weights. What do you think happens with your mindset? Great example I could tell you. Back to the third, um, the third tip we gave today was having a pre-competition routine. Between my junior and senior year of college, my junior year I practiced my pre- my pre-competition routine. I did that every week, sometimes multiple times a week, from the summer right through the season, and I felt great. I never felt better before my matches than when I was practicing that on a regular basis. Now the following year, in my mind I said, "Okay, I have this down," so I wasn't focusing on that, and instead. I stopped practicing my pre-competition routine. You can't stop practicing your pre-competition routine. That's just like not pre- that's just like not getting in the weight room and lifting. You're going to get weaker. That's just like not practicing your skills and drills. Your timing's going to be off. You're not going to be as fluid. It's the same thing with your mindset. And then in my senior year of college, I was actually more nervous than I was my junior year. Well, what went on there? I stopped practicing my pre-match routine. So you have to make sure... On a regular basis, there's got to be a daily plan. of. We have a daily plan of life, and we have a weekly plan of life in our Winning Mindset program. And you got to make sure you're doing that. I say it over and over. It can't just be, you can't just listen to what I'm saying. You have to do the things that I'm telling you to do. And I'm saying it so you have those benefits. So you succeed. These are the secrets of that we've seen of Olympic athletes, professional athletes, the greatest warriors throughout history. This is what, what, what they do. We synthesized it. We brought it all together, and it's right here for you. We're serving it to you on a platter. The silver platter, we'll say golden platter, right? want to be gold medals, right? But we're serving it to you. Here it is in a very simple, concrete, and practical, systematic format. If you're doing the Minute Winning Mindset Program, you're going to get results. This is the best mindset information out there. It's right there for you. So please take advantage and do the things we're telling you to do. Sign up for the one-on-one free trial session. Make sure you're liking us on our, our YouTube page. Subscribe to us on our YouTube page. Make sure you're listening to our podcasts. Rip through them. I know you do that with your favorite shows on Netflix and other podcasts and other YouTube videos. You binge listen or you binge watch them. Listen to every single one of our podcasts. Go through all of our YouTube videos. Make sure you have a mindset coach for your team or for you as an individual. It's going to get you to the next level. It's right there. It's very simple. It's very practical and down to earth. It's not this... Uh, airy-fairy, abstract, um, philosophical information, boom. It's down to earth. It's simple. There's steps. Step one, step two, step three, step four. Simple, practical worksheets. Make sure you stay with us next week. Same place, same time, Mindset Monday. I'm Gene Znetti, your coast-to-coast mindset coach. Remember, as always, mindset makes a difference. And that's a wrap for today's podcast. I'm Gene Zanetti from Wrestling Mindset. Make sure you check out our website, wrestlingmindset.com. Get our ebook. Make sure you get that ebook. Great information, represents some of the best information that we have. Lessons that we've learned from some of the top wrestlers in the world, lessons that we've learned from our own experience, and the best that research can provide. Get the ebook, wrestlingmindset.com. Also, as an individual, make sure you personally sign up for the one on one free mindset consultation. The one on one free mindset consult- consultation. Make sure you fill out the form and do that as soon as possible. The best results always come from one-on-one individual attention, whether it's strength training, whether it's technique, or whether it's mindset. One-on-one individual attention is always the best. Thanks for joining us. Make sure you join us again for our next podcast, Mindset Makes the Difference. Have a great day. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.